Hey, what's up, you guys? You're listening to the Pink Chair Podcast on this very special bonus episode. We're doing it solo. I'm not going to have any guests on this episode because I really want to interact with you guys on a personal level and tell my story. I'm basically going to be going over about six different areas that impacted me the most, that had the most influence on me this year. Um, yes, it's going to be some COVID talk because, of course, that really shaped everybody's year. Um, but also academics. We graduated this year. We became first-gen grads. Congrats to everybody that is listening that also was the class of COVID. Um, I fell in love this year. I fell out of love this year. Um, we voted for the first time. This year has just been a fucking movie. And if you are a New Yorker, you know what I when I say this year has been a movie. You know what I'm talking about. It's been crazy. Um but I'm super excited to share some some of this year with you and my my highs and my lows because I feel like it wasn't easy this year for everybody to do their highlight reel on social media of like, oh my God, look at everything good that's happening to me. We really couldn't do that this year because we was on fucking lockdown. And I feel like it forced a lot of people to be a little bit more honest um, with themselves and just really take a moment to be still. Being still was another big problem for me this year. I was on go mode every day, like every day of my life. I did not know peace. Like I did not know peace. And now that this pandemic has brought me peace because definitely hasn't, but it has given me the time to really look and inspect myself and figure out why am I like this with professional help, of course. So I hope you guys enjoy. We're going to start with academics. So in the beginning of my spring semester, I was taking a super hard class, urban economics. I was on an e-board. I had a part-time job and I was an intern. So all of those things combined, it was very, 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 very hard for me to take some me time. It was seldom that I could take a day to just take a bath, you know, put some chamomile in there, do some spiritual shit. It was really any time for that. And once the pandemic started and classes were canceled, I was like, okay, like I didn't expect it to be that bad. I was like, all right, shit's going to be canceled for like a month and then we're going to get right back to it. Not a big deal. I'm still going to have my graduation. Things are going to go back to normal. It didn't really hit me that Things were not going to go back to normal for a very long time until it had hit April and I was still in Buffalo because I went to Buffalo State College. Shout out to the Bengals, even though I hated it there. Um, It was mad ghetto and crazy, but some good times. Um, I was in my apartment in Buffalo and my dad was just on me like, hey, you got to go home. Like, I don't like the fact that you were so far. And back then, I couldn't understand why he was so adamant about me going to New York City, where I live. I live in Brooklyn. I have my entire life. Brooklyn and Queens were the epicenter of coronavirus in the whole world. I could not understand how he was just on me about going home, going home, going home. And now that more time has gone by, I realized that as a parent and as a person, like you just, the coronavirus pandemic made you feel out of control. And me being 
um, reliant on him for guidance, he reached out to do the only thing that he could control at that time, me, um, and pushed me to move back home. And that was a movie in itself. Um, I wasn't in New York City for the craziness of March and the mass pandemonium and the like the buying and everybody buying toilet paper. I wasn't here for that. I didn't come until about April 10th or April 9th, the days before my birthday. My birthday's April 11th. If you're if you're Aries, shout out to you. Um, I had gone home and I finished my classes. And a lot of my classes were asynchronous, so I didn't have to sit there on Zoom. So I kind of missed out on the Zoom university. And I'm kind of tight about that because it was an experience for y'all and it was cute to look at it. Um, I took my classes, I handed in my last assignment at 11.59 p.m., just like a procrastinator would, um, on the last day of classes. Handed it in, got my B on the paper, boom, I'm done with school. But then I'm just like, I don't feel as satisfied as I thought I would feel maybe when I was a freshman thinking about the end. I was just running. Like when I think about that time now, I was running through my assignments, running through tests, running through exams, running through group projects, running to my internship, running to work, running to help people on my e-board, just running, 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 and never taking that time to look back at where I'm at right now and take it in and say, wow, you have accomplished so much. You deserve to give yourself grace. You deserve a break. I did not know what a break was. Like I have been told by friends that I am a doer and being a doer, it comes with its pros because you're getting things done and quickly and efficiently. But no one takes into account the burnout that you may experience just doing, 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 doing. So I asked you guys to tell me how you felt about not having a graduation in one word because some people didn't. Um, I did have a virtual graduation, which was ridiculous. Like they didn't even have a picture. They just had our name. And I feel like they could have done a little bit more, but we are in a pandemic. I'm not going to expect them to put on a whole production for us. It's already hard to have people close by. So I get it. Thank you for even trying to do something for us. Um, When I asked you guys that question about not having a graduation in one word, the majority of the responses were negative. I got depressing. I got eh. I got sad. I got that you feel defeated. And I totally get that. I felt like me still being on go mode in May, it didn't really hit me that I graduated and it still doesn't sometimes. Um, because you're just so caught up in life, you're in survival mode, you can't really relax and take in where you are. But when I think about this time and my fellow class of 2020 graduates, whether you graduated from high school, grad school, you got your undergrad, you got your PhD, we graduated during like a crazy time in history where the world is literally in shambles. And the fact that we were resilient and we persevered says so much about our character, especially in the generation that we can push forward in the face of crazy, uncertain, and tumultuous times.
in a time just filled up with uncertainty. Nobody knows what's going on. I don't even know if we're in a second wave right now. In a time full of uncertainty, one thing is certain, and is that you have all the strength you need inside of you to do anything you want to do. You wanted to graduate, and you did. Even when classes moved from in-person to remote, you still did it. Even if you were not someone that learned virtually, you still did it. You still got that degree. You still made it this far. And just think about how much more you can accomplish. So there's some corny ass quote like um, diamonds are made out of pressure. And, you know, we are some icy girls and some icy boys right now. We are fucking dazzling. We made it. And that's all I'm going to say about academics, because if I keep talking about this shit, I'm going to be traumatized. I still wake up at nine o'clock in the morning thinking that I have class. I still have this weird urge to check Blackboard. I have weird like no one talks about the panic. After you graduate, oh my God, nobody talks about waking up in the morning and thinking you have an assignment due. Nobody talks about just being outside and just like, damn, did I hand in that essay? But you graduated months ago. Like, ugh. I might have an episode about that because that is so funny to me. I can't. But remember, you can do this. You made it this far. You can continue trying to get your master's degree. Shout out to you right now because I can't even think about learning anything. Before we continue, a quick message from our sponsors. So I was going to start the love segment singing love by Keisha Cole because her verses with Ashanti is this weekend. I hope you guys are tuning in because I will with my baby fat jacket and um, my roll on lip gloss from the beauty supply store. All my real bitches know um love life love life during the pandemic also a fucking movie um when i came back home from the from buffalo i automatically was just like okay like i'm new to new york city i'm feeling very carrie brashaw like and i want to meet people like now i'm kind of closer to the person that i wanted to be when i was living in new york city before the last time I had lived in New York City full-time, I was 18. Like, I didn't know anything about anything. I didn't know where the cool spots were. But now I have this time, energy, and ability to go wherever I want to go. And I want to see everything. Um, and that included the men. I wanted to see all the men. I wanted to see who's out here. So, you know, I got on a dating app. And um, I ended up meeting somebody. And we ended up getting in a relationship. And this was a very transformative relationship for me because this person was a lot older than me and it really allowed me during this time to think about how I want to be the person that I want to be when I reach a certain age. Um, I learned so much about myself and the things I need to do right now to make sure that the... 30-year-old, 29-year-old, 28-year-old me is happy because I don't want to be 30 and unhappy with where I am. Even though I feel like hitting 30, that's your solo return. I don't want to say it's inevitable, but I feel like a lot of people maybe go through that phase in their life where they're just like, 
is anything what I want? Like, is this, did I really do the right thing? But that's the thing I'm trying to avoid that. But I'm trying to make smart decisions now so I'm not bugging out at that age. And if I do want to do a career change or if I do want to have kids or any any major change, I can do that. I am emotionally ready and financially ready to make that change. Um, me and this person ended up breaking up and I was a dumpy, tear, tear, but it was an amicable breakup and I had never had a breakup where I was not mad at the person. This person was really kind to me while we were together and I learned so much about where I, where I grew up, aka New York City through them and like the cool places to go and where to go thrifting, I felt like I got reintroduced to my hometown through like through someone older and me now with an ID that's 721, so it's lit. Um, but back to the breakup. I did not know how to cope with an amicable breakup. I had always used anger to fuel me through that time and to ignore the sad feelings. I would just throw throw rage on top of it because that's what I felt. And it was definitely one of my hardest breakups ever because of the lack of rage. If anything, that breakup really forced me to examine the way that I cope with things and ask myself, why do you always need rage and anger to deal with things? And it, I really understood that it, it wasn't just romantic relationships where I would use rage. It was little things that I would also use anger to cover up my sadness. And I'm very, very grateful for that situation because if it wasn't for that, I probably wouldn't have gone to therapy. Um... I didn't go to therapy so much to heal from that. Um, that was probably one of my sessions. I talked about it and the impact that it had on me. But it really forced like a snowball effect of me examining how I deal with things and really why. I feel like I have put so much time into trying to understand my partners, why they do what they do and asking them questions. But I would never ask myself, why are you asking? Why is information important to you? What are you going to do with it once you know that he said this because of this happened in him? This happened to him in 2004 and he hasn't healed from it yet. I did start dating again like um, a couple months after the breakup. And I ended up meeting somebody that is like everything that I want in a person, my partner, whatever. Everything that I want in a person. But I feel like in this specific relationship is another time where I have to examine myself and think, why do I feel like I do not deserve this treatment? Or why do I feel like this is just weird? Like, I don't, I don't have to worry about you. I don't have to be uncertain. I don't have to tell you to do things for yourself. I feel like a lot of people I was dating in the past, I had to tell them to take care of themselves at times. And I didn't know what it was like to be in a relationship and not be a girlfriend, but also a caretaker, to be with somebody that was financially, emotionally, and physically okay. I didn't know how to work in that dynamic.
through therapy, I realized that that dynamic is something that has been following me my entire life of me being a caretaker and me helping people and me only feeling comfortable in that role. That is something that doesn't apply to the partnership that I'm in now. And it definitely has been odd from when he does certain things. And I'm just like, wait, I didn't have to tell you or like, I didn't have to remind you of this. Like, you're okay. Oh, you drank water today. You did this. I'm just like, it's so, it's so weird, but I'm so grateful to have met somebody that is secure with themselves. I feel like thinking the world is going to end definitely changed my perspective on dating. It definitely made me feel like we're not going to be here forever. Like this year has really taught me that we're not going to be here forever. I don't really have time to play around. I don't really have time to play games. I feel like not that I was playing games before the pandemic, but I feel like I wasn't doing or speaking to the men that I really wanted to speak to because I was afraid of how I was going to be perceived. And I was trying to look a type of way and behave a type of way to not be seen as a trollop, as a harlot, as a hoe. And I am, I consider myself body, body positive. I consider myself pro-sex worker. So the fact that I shaved myself literally my entire life for having a sex life, for um, wanting sexual interactions and encounters is beyond me. And I feel like that kind of disappeared during the pandemic. Like the shame and the guilt that I felt about wanting those things is gone because we don't know what's gonna what's gonna happen tomorrow. Have an orgasm. But beyond romantic love, girl, self-love, I feel like even if I wasn't in a relationship, my relationship with myself has gotten so much stronger um, through like doing my birth chart and analyzing that, going to therapy, doing yoga. I've really gotten into yoga recently. Um, my relationship with me is so strong that like relationship with others romantically Yes, that's super, super important to me. But I know even if I wasn't, I would be content. And I feel like I couldn't say things like that before. Like, I would want to be with somebody. I would pine to be in a relationship on the inside, but outwardly not show that. Um, But now, like, I feel like I am, we good with ourselves. We good. The, my relationship with me is, is up there. We made a lot of progress. The pandemic boys were out and a fucking bout this year. And I feel like a lot of people had opinions on people that got unemployment. I got unemployment. Um, too many people that didn't have unemployment were talking about what people that were getting unemployment should have been doing with their money. And who's thinking about, I don't know, it's like who's thinking about spending their money the right way in these crazy times, even though that's what you should be. But it's like, Stop. Like, people are dying and you're worrying about what other people are doing with their money that they deserve because they're not working. And you are. So, I don't know. That entire situation with people making fun of others for getting unemployment did not make any sense to me because you don't know what situation they could have been in if they didn't have that money. I feel like I got a lot of things that 
I probably wouldn't have gotten before if it wasn't for unemployment. I'm going to be honest with you. I'm going to be honest with you because I was thinking so much about my bills, bills, bills and rent. And then when I moved home, I'm living here rent free. And the only bill I really have is my subscriptions and my phone. Of course, I splurged on myself. Of course, I did some impulse buying. My anxiety was through the roof. We're in a pandemic. I'm going to buy shit that I probably don't need. And of course, I did smart things. Of course, I fixed my credit. Of course, I put money away. Um, Started this podcast, got the equipment for it. But it's like, they need to do a little better <laughs> on the unemployment package now. Um, I feel like they need to figure out, the government needs to figure out soon how they're going to get people their bread now. Because unemployment, like everybody says, everybody reminds you, unemployment's not going to last forever. We know that, but it's like, if we don't get our shit together as a country, COVID is going to last forever. And while there's COVID, there's going to be jobs lost. And there's going to be money that is needed for families. So government, if you're listening, because I know y'all listen to everything, because y'all mad fucking nosy, and y'all be in my conversations and putting advertisements on my Instagram, um, get it together, please. Please. I was recently listening to my flash briefing on my Alexa. I get my news. And the, the Santa letters this year that children are sending, they're literally asking Santa to give their parents a job so they can get presents this year. If that's not the saddest thing I've heard, like, we got to do better as a country. Government, please. Being in the house has brought up a lot of creativity out of me. Um, This podcast was a side effect of this pandemic. Um, I probably wouldn't have done it if it wasn't for COVID. Um podcasts were really keeping me sane especially in the beginning i was listening to encyclopedia womanica um the bechdel cast uh small doses and therapy for black girls those were my top four and it kept me so calm and i really thought to myself like what can i do for myself and for others to also create that calmness being in the house with my parent was also very crazy because the last time I lived here, I was 18, like, and I'm a different person now. I'm a different person every five minutes that goes by. I'm about the same girl I was. So I feel like it was very hard to adjust. Like, okay, I am now an adult, like you are, but I live in your house rent free. But I want to do what I want to do. But you also want me to do these things for you, and I feel like I have to because I live here and I don't pay bills. Um. And it was very, it was very crazy in the beginning. Like I didn't know how to move. Like I was just like, I had spent so much time on my own that it, it definitely took me a minute to get adjusted to now living with my parent. In the beginning, I could really say like I hated it here. Like I didn't want to be home. I wanted to be outside. Um, I wanted to live on my own and have my own place, but. Living in New York City by yourself is fucking hard. If you're not coupled up, you're living by yourself. Rent is like $3,000 for a fucking shoebox. And I'm not having that. I'm not going to put myself in debt um, for simple freedoms that I would have if I lived on my own. Um, I'm so grateful that I do even have this option 
to live with a parent. And in the end, I feel like as we sorted through our differences and how we did things, how often we cleaned, where we put certain things, um, we had a lot of those moments. But I feel like if anything, we learned so much more about each other. We learned to compromise and it made us even closer. Um, I didn't do an entire episode dedicated to voting because um, I was pretty new to voting. This is the first time I ever voted. I know, terrible. I should have voted in 2016. But I was a freshman in college then, and I wasn't as aware, politically aware, and just aware of the world. Um, I feel like I've always been interested in politics, but when you're a freshman in college for a semester... Like, I was just all over the place, and I really couldn't focus on what was going on right in front of me, history, this man winning, and causing so much chaos and havoc and and death, literally death, throughout these last four years. I voted on the first day of early voting. Um, it was so quick. Thank God my polling site was, wasn't too crowded, and... They said congratulations for being a first-time voter. I just felt so good about myself. And again, I thought about my ancestors and the things that they must have went through trying to do the same thing. To vote freely and not be fucking harassed was probably like not even an option for my ancestors that grew up in the South. So doing that, I felt so liberated. I felt like I didn't just do it. For myself, I did it for them. I feel like it was my duty to vote. And for the people that didn't vote, it def- especially people of color, it definitely, like, I understand, like, you felt like neither candidate was really there for you. But it's just, like, not even 100 years ago, this wasn't even an option for us to do. So let's not play with it. Everywhere I went this year, it was just COVID, 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 COVID. And I'm going to keep this COVID section short and sweet. I could not wake up in the morning and have one little sniffle without panicking. Like, no matter how much I maxed up, which I hope y'all are doing. I hope y'all are wearing your mask. No matter how much I hand sanitized and socially distanced and made sure the people I was seeing were okay or taking tests. No matter how much work I did to stay safe, I was still panicking over any little tickle in my throat. Any cough, sniffle, sneeze, I'm on WebMD. Like, and I've always been a WebMD-ass bitch. Anytime something would happen to me, I would diagnose myself. But now, you put in cough and they're just like, go to hospital now. And this shit is scary. And I wonder when that's going to end for us when that's going to stop. And I want to know if I'm the only one that does this. Like, do y'all do this? Because it's really overwhelming. Like, I haven't had a cold in this entire year. And I honestly feel like it's because my body is afraid of getting sick. So I, as I do this quick wrap up, um, the reason why I named this episode A Year of Stillness is because we have been still. We have been still but not stagnant. 
I have seen so many people grow. I have grown and I'm so proud of the people that I love because I see the changes in them and I see the reflections and I see them looking inward for validation. I see them looking inward for the answers and becoming more confident. And that's all I want for anyone. So if you can take anything away from this podcast right now, all the answers are within you. And I wish good health and good reviews on Apple Podcasts. (laughs) Enjoy your weekend.